And now we will have a message. I'm so excited from, and I haven't said this yet, our pastor, Cassie. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Carla. Good morning, everybody. So since we've taken church online, you may have noticed that we've been taking a little bit more time to press into the practice of meditation on Sunday mornings. We always did post-sermon meditations. They've been part of our in-person church services for quite a long time, but we wanted to intentionally carve out some additional service time for the practice of breath meditation, just given the stress of the current climate. Meditation is really just the practice of being present. We notice our thoughts, our breath, the sounds we hear around us, and it's noticing without judgment. And there are so many benefits of meditation, including reduced stress and increase in attention span, and it can also boost empathy. So especially in times of stress and trauma, meditation can be really helpful to bring us back into the moment, allow us to remember that our lungs are still working to bring oxygen into our bodies, our hearts are still beating, we're still here. There are countless methods of meditation. So breath meditation, which is what we've been doing here at church, has been around for several thousand years. I personally am drawn to this type of meditation in particular because it connects me to my body. The idea is just to allow your breathing to happen naturally, become aware of it, and become connected to it. Allowing myself to be who I am and being present to that in meditation has been especially healing for me, which I'll share more about shortly. In Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of the human, from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the person became a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit. Job 33-4 says, The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life, which inspires me. So in the story of Genesis, we're told that God breathed their breath into the human, and that's when humanity became living and complete in body and spirit. We were created in the image and likeness of God, and it's their breath that brings that likeness into being. And in Job, there's an understanding that God breath is life-giving, sustaining, and inspiring. This theme of God or spirit being the source of our breath continues in John 20, 21 to 22. After Jesus' resurrection, he came to his disciples. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So this echoes the beginning of the human timeline, when humanity was animated by the breath of the divine. Jesus is reminding us here that we come alive when we're filled with breath, which comes from the source of all life. And there's something holy about breath. Breath first came from God, and it's the mechanism through which we are filled with their spirit. We don't often think about our breathing or take notice of it. Our bodies just naturally do it. To place attention and focus on something that is so natural and second nature connects us not only to the source of the breath, but to our own bodies, which are good. So in order for me to explain how I came to this practice of meditation and why it has been so helpful for, helpful for me, I'd like to give you some background so you understand why this has been so important for me, an ex-evangelical woman. Before I dive in, I do want to pause to note that my experience carries with it the weight of my privilege as a white cisgendered woman, and I'm extremely aware of that. So I simply wanted to acknowledge it before sharing my personal experience. I was raised in what has come to be known as the purity culture of the evangelical church. 
By the time I was three years old, I had internalized extremely unhealthy messages about my body and physical appearance, and I believed that I was born bad. By the time I was five, I understood that I belonged to God, not to myself, and that I was under the covering of my father who would one day give me away to another man to whom I would be submissive because I was taught God's design for marriage was between a man and a woman, the man being the decision maker, and the woman, me, having a gentle and quiet spirit, which was the pinnacle phrase of purity culture taken from 1 Peter, so as to keep peace in my home and allow my husband to lead and be the head of the household. There was a huge problem though, glaring heteronormativity and misogyny aside. I've never been a gentle and quiet spirit kind of gal. My opinions are so big that they have their own opinions and I have no trouble expressing any of them. I go into fight mode when there's injustice of any kind. I have a fiery soul and I always have. I'm a team player and I have no problem deferring when appropriate, but I'm not satisfied until everyone, everyone has an equal voice and an opportunity to use it. And I want to say that none of this was taught to me in my home. My parents always supported my voice and my independence. These messages were taught in Sunday school classes. They were themes and stories and books. They were reflected in the guidance of my evangelical mentors, pastors, and Bible study leaders. They were themes of conferences that I attended with other evangelical women. The message I received throughout my life that God expected a certain standard of me as a girl and woman and realizing pretty early on in my life that I would have to become an entirely different person if I wanted to meet that standard pitted me against my self, capital S, self. I felt as though I was displeasing God by challenging or even questioning authority. I felt ashamed for having a female body that might be a, quote, stumbling block for my brothers in Christ because we girls and young women were taught that what boys and men did or even thought about was our responsibility. I was never able to meet the standard of a Proverbs 31 wife, never mind that I wasn't even close to being a wife yet. And at one point was even reprimanded by an adult male youth pastor for the length of my skirt. Once I was married, my then husband and I sat through a counseling session where we were both told by a Christian counselor that a wife's body does not belong to her. That didn't even faze me though, because I was brainwashed from the time I was a toddler to believe that my body didn't belong to me. And that message was confirmed over and over and over again by the church culture that I was submerged in throughout my life. I belonged to God, I belonged to my father, and then eventually I belonged to my husband. I was never my own. Being taught for decades, that my body was a problem simply for the fact that she had female parts caused me to disassociate from my body. My intuition was non-existent. I had persistent chronic health issues. I made very poor relationship choices. I didn't feel that I could trust myself. I felt paralyzed when confronted with any decision, large or small, because I didn't know myself. I wasn't connected to myself. So very long story short, finally, a few years ago, I began to pull at some of those loose threads of evangelicalism that had always bothered me, but I had never felt the freedom or courage to question. In the safe space of this church and with this amazing staff that I love so much, I finally began the slow and painful process of uncovering my true self from underneath all the layers of expectations and requirements that were heaped upon me from birth by an institution that benefited from me displaying a gentle and quiet spirit, aka keeping my mouth shut and telling me what opinions I should have and when it was okay to express them. The first thing I did to, become, to begin uncovering my true self was begin to acknowledge my body and all the work she's done to keep me alive and healthy, including the ways that she has protected me even while I was fighting her to try and become someone else. Now I honor her and I treat her with respect. 
I came to the understanding that I came into this world in my body and she will be there with me until the end. She's my oldest friend. She'll be my longest companion, not a thing to be battled or belittled or ashamed of. I also began a practice of embodiment meditation, much like we did the last time we had church, and that we'll do again in a moment, where I breathe and just become present in my body, noticing the sensation of breath and placing attention on different parts of my physical body as I breathe, noticing how my breath feels to every part of me as it enters and exits my lungs. This has had the effect of connecting me with the God source, life and love, and making me aware of the very natural act of breathing, the way that my body naturally wants to process oxygen and how she feels while doing it, has given me permission to just be present in my physical being in a way that I never felt comfortable with before. And finally, I've started including affirmations in my daily gratitude practice. I try to begin every day by listing out loud all the things I can think of that I'm grateful for, and now I incorporate affirmations such as, I belong to myself, my body is my friend and lifelong partner. I can trust my instincts and inner voice. I experience miracles every day. God is always for me. And so on. So while I breathe in and out, I meditate on these affirmations and also take time to focus on the people, things, and experiences for which I am grateful for in that moment. Psalm 77, 12 says, I will meditate on all your works and thoughtfully consider all your great and wondrous deeds. So I'd like to lead us in a time of breath meditation. If you want to, feel free to incorporate any affirmations or gratitudes that you'd like to focus on as you breathe. I also want to acknowledge that systems of oppression, such as white supremacy, colonization, and homophobia, have separated countless non-white, non-straight people from their bodies in devastatingly horrific and harmful ways. And I acknowledge the trauma associated with that type of oppression. So if this is difficult or triggering for you, you can always opt out of any invitation extended. Everything is optional and you always have agency here. So if you would like to participate in a breath embodiment meditation, I'd like to begin. Psalm 77, 12 says, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. And so spirit God, source of all breath and life, we invite you into this space with us. I'll invite you to get into a comfortable position, closing your eyes if you wish, and just start to become aware of your body. Now take a deep, slow breath in through your nose, filling your lungs and feeling your belly expand as you breathe in. Then when it's comfortable to do so for you, slowly breathe out through your mouth. And just keep breathing this way, allowing your breathing pattern to be natural and relaxed. Your breathing ought to feel natural and comfortable for you. Try not to force it but make sure you just keep taking those deep, full breaths. As thoughts enter your mind, notice them, and then just simply bring your attention back to your breath. And now, as you breathe, 
Gently bring your attention to the sensations of your inhale and exhale, along with the sensations of your expanding lungs and abdomen. Be aware of the connectedness of your breath and your body. Keep breathing and now allow thoughts of gratitude and loving kindness for yourself. Enter and notice those thoughts. I am worthy of love. I am gentle with myself. I'm grateful for my friend or family member or pet. I'm thankful for the sunshine that brings life to earth. Continue to inhale loving kindness and gratitude remembering that your body is connecting to the source of all life and goodness. Let's continue for one more minute. Amen. And now it's time for Liz Dyer to give us some Mama Bears Minute. Thank you, Diane. <clears throat> uh, good morning. Uh, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, shout out to all the Mama Bears. I hope you're having a good week and I hope you're healthy and staying safe. And I hope you're enjoying the group. Um, I know I'm really enjoying the group right now. We've added uh, so many new moms to the group uh, since our group was recognized and mentioned on the um, documentary uh, for the TV show Shit's Creek. No, I'm not cussing. <laughs> I thought about that before I said it. I hope everybody knows what I'm talking about. But if you don't, I am putting a link in the chat where you can uh, watch the video of where they read a letter from our group and mentioned it. We've added almost 3,000 new moms to the group in the last 60 days. We have more than 11,000 moms in the group now, so it's really an exciting time. Uh, this is always a great time of year for our group um, as we go into LGBTQ Pride season. Uh, the month of June is the official month of LGBTQ Pride, and it's a really important time for us as we um, wholeheartedly affirm and celebrate our LGBTQ kids and all the LGBTQ people in, um, in, in the world, really. I mean, we are committed to uh, wholeheartedly and affirm, affirming and celebrating LGBTQ people. So this is a great time for us. But it's also a time of disappointment right now. 
because we can't get out to Pride events like we normally do due to the um, pandemic. And um, we like to go out and wear our Mama Bear shirts and our free mom hugs buttons and love on and encourage LGBTQ people, but we can't do that this year. But when I realized that, <clears throat> I knew we had to do something special. So um, we have a special um, event uh, project going on for the Mama Bears. It's called um, Mama Bears 2020 Pride Campaign. And uh, we invited all the Mama Bears to uh, read a script and record themselves reading it and submit their videos. And then we commissioned a video producer who is going to create a short three or four minute montage video of Mama Bears um, spreading their message of love and hope and affirmation uh, to the LGBTQ community. So um, we gave a short period of time, all the Mama Bears who wanted to participate um, got their videos in quickly, I think about 180 videos. And now the producer is uh, working on putting that together. So we hope to have that together by the 1st of June and we'll share it um, all over the place. And we hope it brings hope and encouragement to the LGBTQ community. So thanks uh, to everyone who participated and um, the rest of you get ready um, to help us share that message. Have a great week.